The gospel is the good news that God has provided salvation to sinners through Jesus Christ. This is what we will study in this episode of Through the Word. Hi, I'm Adam Burton. I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Every Thursday, I release a new Bible study that comes from the Gospel Project, where we go chronologically through the entire Bible to see how all of Scripture points to Jesus. Thank you so much for watching. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and our website at cbcmaysville.com. You can also subscribe to the Through the Word audio podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We would, would you please get the word out about Through the Word by liking and sharing this episode? It would mean so much to me. Also, I would love to hear your feedback. So please email me at adam at adamburton.net. If I can pray for you, call or text our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. We'll keep your request confidential. You can even send it in anonymously if you want, because I believe in the power of prayer, and I want to pray for you. And lastly, if you would like to know more about this amazing church that I pastor, go to our website at cbcmaysville.com, where you can learn more and also find tons of resources to help you to grow in your faith. Well, are you ready? Let's study the Bible. Unity creates while disunity destroys. Families are are formed through the union of marriage, but they are fractured through separations and divorce and the myriad of issues that that lead to those outcomes. Nations with unity on good and strong principles, such as freedom for all, experience productivity and vitality, but they wither and die through disunity. Even in the church, unity in Christ brings glory to God and and displays the transforming power of the gospel. But but she suffers under disunity, as does her mission. Abraham Lincoln feared for the United States prior to the Civil War. In 1858, while running for the U.S. Senate, Lincoln quoted Jesus with reference to the national disagreement over slavery. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And when, you know, when ethnic divisions and prejudice in the world characterize the church, how can her witness to Jesus be attractive and engaging? But the divided people becoming family in Christ brings glory to God. Check out this essential doctrine, the gospel. The Bible teaches that, that the gospel is both an event and a story. First, it is an event that took place at a specific point in history the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the redemption of sinners. Second, the gospel is also the story of redemption that God has planned since before the foundations of the earth, which runs through Scripture and which culminates in a restored and redeemed creation, a new heaven and a new earth where sin, death, and suffering will never again plague humanity, and God's people will live with him forever. The event and story do not exist apart from or in conflict with one another, but together inspire us to a life of devotion and mission. In this study through the passages, often called the Romans Road, 
we will see that God redeems, regenerates, and unifies Jews and Gentiles through the sacrifice and righteousness of Jesus. The gospel creates a, a new transcultural, multi-ethnic family that loves one another, despite the barriers prominent in the world throughout every era. Here's our first point. God's righteousness is revealed through the gospel. Read with me, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in, the right, it, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteousness shall, or the righteous shall live by faith. The letter to the Romans overflowed from the heart of a man who had been captivated by Jesus and his gospel, as we'll see in a later episode. Formerly a Pharisee, zealous for Jewish tradition and purity who persecuted Christians even to death, Paul experienced the power of God through the gospel and became a bold missionary who founded a church comprised of both Jews and Gentiles. The redemptive work of Christ is able to save all sinners. The righteousness of God is granted to all who come to Jesus in faith. You know, Paul's letter to, to the house churches there uh, in, in Rome reminded both Jews and Gentiles that salvation is a matter of God's righteousness, not our own. As a Pharisee, the epitome of a good, of a good Jew, Paul had, had based his righteousness on Jewish traditions, such as a bloodline, circumcision, food laws, and observance of the Sabbath. But his experience with Jesus upended his expectations. Through the gospel, Paul learned that Jews and also Gentiles are not considered righteous by the works of the law. Inclusion in God's family is based solely on faith in Jesus. Through the life, death, and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, God fulfilled his promise to Abraham to give him a redeemed, regenerated, and righteous family. A family comprising of many nations. A family to bless the world. As a Pharisee, Paul had failed to see the glory of God in Jesus, so he persecuted the church. But as a believer, he now saw the glory and power of God in the gospel. Therefore, he was not ashamed of the gospel because it was the means by which God saved him and brought him from death to eternal life. And not only him, but all those who believe, both Jews and Gentiles. Here's our second point. All has sinned and earned death. Read with me Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and Romans 6, verse 23a. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and for the wages of sin is death. Paul reminded the Gentile believers in Rome that they had no room to believe they were superior to their Jewish siblings in the faith. Prior to their own coming to Christ, they had stood condemned and alienated from God because of their idolatry and depravity. But Paul also reminded the Jewish believers that they too were in need of a Savior because they were guilty of the same things as the Gentiles. Therefore, both Jews and Gentiles stand guilty and condemned. Everyone 
deserves death for their sin. You know, with the string of Old Testament quotes, Paul made it clear for both the Jews and the Gentiles that there is no one righteous, and all have turned away from the living God. And looking to the righteousness and glory of God as a benchmark for our behavior, no one lives up to this that standard. We all fall short and incur the penalty of doing so. Now, having uh, convicted every human being, including himself, of sin against God, Paul announced the sentence. Both Jews and Gentiles have earned physical death and spiritual death because of their sin and rebellion. Whether Jews performed the works of the law or Gentiles tried to earn salvation through good deeds, no one can rescue themselves from the penalty and power of sin and death. Sin, no matter how small we perceive it, earns death, and death is what we are all scheduled to receive as sinners. You know, what is revealed about us when we question the sentence of death for sin? Maybe that we don't fully understand the justice and goodness of God, or that we downplay the significance of sin, or that we look at sin from a personal perspective instead of God's perspective. Maybe that we don't grasp the meaning of God's holiness, or that we think that we are better than we are. Here's our third point. God provided Jesus as a substitute for sinners. Read with me Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's Romans 6, 23b. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, not only did Paul diagnose all of humanity as sinners and deserving of death, he was clear about our prognosis in the condition. Jews and Gentiles alike are ungodly in their sin and helpless to atone for their sins. Humanity is doomed, and there is nothing we can do about it. But God, who loves humanity with a love better than life, sent Jesus, his one and only Son, to die for us while we were still sinners. In love, Jesus substituted himself on the cross for both Jews and Gentiles to forgive our sins and reconcile us to God and each other. Check out this quote. There is no difference at all between the Greek, the, the Scythian, and the, the Thracian, or even the Jew, for all are in the same plight. Even if you have not done the same sins as others, you still have been deprived of God's glory, just as they have been, because you are among those who have offended. However, Paul was saying that this is not to cast them into despair, but rather to show the love of the Lord toward man as he goes on to say. No, there can be no forgiveness, no atonement of sin without the shedding of a blood. So Jesus, out of measureless love, bled so that we could be forgiven for eternity. Through faith in this Jesus, our sin is nailed to the cross and his righteousness nailed to us. The record of our sins has been erased by the beautiful blood of Jesus. And because of his blood sacrifice, Jesus has disarmed sin, defeated death, and dethroned the evil one in our lives. Once we were chained to an evil master called sin, but now we are enslaved to our good God. 
Jesus has won our forgiveness and freedom. You know, the depth of God's love so far outreaches our own love that it's no comparison. You know, consider as Paul did the kind of person you would be willing to die for. Outside of family members, you know, the number of people deemed worthy of such a sacrifice would be small. They would have to to be just, right? Even good by our standards. Plus, they would need to have made an impact on our own lives. Strangers or enemies, these would be discounted outright. But here is where the love of God outstrips our own. God the, the, the Father sent God the Son to die for sinners, for people who reject, oppose, and hate Him. This is the deep, deep love of God. You know, how does the love of God compare with the kinds of love that's found in the world? Well, God's love does not show favoritism. And God's love extends to enemies. God's love knows no end and it never fails. And God sacrifices all for those he loves. Christ died for our forgiveness, but he also died so that we might have eternal life as a gift from God. Eternal life means living forever as opposed to the death that our sin has earned us. Now, of course, this includes going to be with the Lord when we die physically and being raised from the dead physically when Christ returns. But we receive the gift of eternal life even now. By faith in Jesus, we experience the resurrection life of the Messiah, which produces righteousness and justice on earth through us. Salvation, including the gift of eternal life, cannot be achieved. It can only be received. At the foot of the cross, everyone, both Jews and Gentiles, needs the same thing, grace. All sinners deserve to die and go to hell in judgment, but God loves the world, and he is willing to save all of those who come to his son, Jesus Christ, in faith. The redeemed sons and daughters of of God then have full assurance that nothing can separate them from the love of God in Christ, not even death. Not only does God save sinners and give them eternal life in the future, but he sets them free from slavery to sin and he sanctifies them for eternal life now. By faith, all believers are buried in Jesus' death for sin through baptism into Christ Jesus so that we may walk in newness of life. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, Christians participate in the in, and reap the benefits of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. This includes freedom from the controlling and oppressive nature of sin and the work of the Holy Spirit of God, who in effect certifies our relationship with the Father and conforms us to the righteous image of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not simply about making bad people good. No, the gospel is about how God, who is the life, brings dead people to life in Christ. Here's our fourth point. God reconciles and declares sinners righteous through Jesus. Read with me Romans chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. 
More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You know, Paul emphasized God's work in the salvation of sinners. See, our sin deserves God's wrath, and and were it not for the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, we would remain separated from God in our unrighteousness. But through faith in Jesus, God graciously gives both the Jews and Gentiles his son's righteousness, by which we are justified or declared righteous in God's sight. God made the way through Jesus for us to be given that we could not earn. See, because of of the work of Jesus, believers are reconciled to, to God and saved from final judgment. Therefore, we boast not only in God, or we boast only in God for our status as his children. You know, one of Paul's aims with his his letter to the Romans was to foster unity among the ethnically and socioeconomically diverse groups of people in, in the house churches of Rome. And he did so with the gospel, which equalizes everyone at the foot of the cross. Jesus justified people treat each other justly by loving one another with brotherly affection. Both Jews and Gentiles were God's enemies on account of their sin, yet Jesus died to transform them into God's children. Brothers and sisters in Christ, based on the basis of Jews and Gentile unity, was their fundamental shared need of God's grace, righteousness, and reconciliation, and God's provision of these. Through Jesus, God has reconciled Jews and Gentiles to himself and to one another. Therefore, disunity, ethnocentrism, and prejudice are not in step with the truth of the gospel. The unity of the Jews and Gentiles 2,000 years ago mattered deeply to God, just as the unity of African-American, white, Latino, Asian, and, and all other followers of Jesus matters to him today. Because of our reconciliation to God, God's people are reconciled to each other, displaying unity and love across ethnic, cultural, and socioeconomic boundaries as the world watches. This unity demonstrates to everyone the beauty and power of the gospel to save everyone who calls on Jesus. Now, why might we be tempted to to, to boast in regarding our salvation? Maybe our good works or our attendance in church and, and Bible study or our knowledge of the Bible and theology or maybe our victories over temptation and and sin, or our sanctification in comparison to that of others. Here's our last point. God saves all who trust in Jesus. Read with me Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the, the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. See, salvation is God's work, yet we still have a part to play, right? We confess and believe in Jesus. So to confess Jesus is Lord is to submit to his kingship and to live accordingly, obeying his commands throughout the word of God and and the leading of the Spirit. 
to believe in your heart means to, to have faith and trust in Jesus, the true Lord of the universe. Specifically, we are to believe in his crucifixion and his resurrection and, and everyone who believes, be he a Jew or Gentile or, or one of the many peoples on the earth, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus will be saved. Through confession and faith, both Jews and Gentiles shared a common loyalty to Jesus, their common Savior, the one who laid his life down on the cross to die for the sins of the world and, and then rose from the dead. Paul wanted all believers, in view of God's mercy, to be living sacrifices and to allow their minds to be transformed. Then they could build on this shared relationship with Jesus and be empowered to live in community as the unified body of Christ. Because everyone who believes will be saved, the, the gospel therefore is for everyone without distinction. Now, this comes as a fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham that all the peoples on earth would be blessed through him. Even, even more, that both Jews and Gentiles would comprise his promised family by faith in Jesus. This belief is why Paul, a Jew, said he was under obligation to both Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. May we be obligated to seek unity cross-culturally in our churches and be on mission to reach everyone, since there is no distinction between people. Let's join God by being missionaries and agents of reconciliation. This is what God's new community looks like. This is what the power of the gospel creates. You know, what are some worldly distinction between the people that believers must overcome for the sake of the gospel? Things like race and heritage, socioeconomic classes, educated and uneducated, differing politics, male and female, and even differing religious beliefs. You know, the world needed good news. It still does. God's image bearers are enslaved to sin and death, but God, out of love that could only be measured by the cross, sent his son Jesus as humanity's atoning sacrifice. As the Lamb of God, Jesus' blood, it breaks the power of sin and death for all who believe, and it forgives his people of sin, declares his people to be righteous, and reconciles his people to himself and to each other as brothers and sisters. Jews and Gentiles can now accept one another just as Christ also accepted them to the glory of God. The unity of God's church across ethnic, gender, and class barriers was and is a witnessing tool to the world that is divided by the same. You know, as God's people, we love each other regardless of their differences and proclaim the gospel. Their presence in the world becomes a picture of this, the love and power of God drawing people to the, toward the kingdom of Jesus so that they too can believe and be saved. Because we are sinners saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we earnestly profess Christ to others, appealing for them to respond to the gospel to be saved. Well, it's time for us to, to take what we have learned and to apply it to our lives. So choose at least one of these options below as a way to respond to the truth of God's word this week. One, how will you demonstrate your faith in Jesus, the Son of God sent to die for your salvation from sin and death? Two, what are some ways your church can strive for unity in the gospel across ethnic and socioeconomic lines? And three, what are some people, who are some people you once believed were beyond the reach of the gospel? 
And how will you reach out to them with this good news? Check out this quote. By faith, we are united to the Messiah in his condemnation on the cross. And we are also united to his justification at his resurrection. We are incorporated into the righteousness of Jesus Christ so that his vindication and his obedient acts that were the basis for for it are counted as ours. Justification also has a vertical and horizontal element in declaring the sinner to be right with God and also in bringing Gentiles into the family of Abraham. Pray with me. Father, thank you for the awesome gift of your son to die in our place for our salvation. We could not earn this, nor do we deserve it. So we praise you for your great grace. Help us to live in that grace with our fellow believers and for the benefit of the unbelieving world to know Jesus by faith and be saved. Amen. Thank you for watching this week's Bible study. You know, God's righteousness is revealed through the gospel. Because of sin, all all deserve death and separation from God. But God provided Jesus to be our substitute, to pay our sin penalty, to remove our sin, and to provide his righteousness in its place. All who trust in Jesus will be saved. So let me close with this. Jesus came to live that perfect, sinless life that you could not live. He died the sinner's death that you deserve. But he defeated both sin and death by rising from the grave. See, you can be saved from your sins by putting your faith in trust in Jesus. Are you ready to give your life to him? If so, please connect with us. You can text our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. Or go to our website, cbcmaysville.com and click on that connect tab at the top because we want to put some free resources in your hands to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And if you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it so that others too can experience God's word? Next week's episode of Through the Word is titled Living Out the Gospel of Jesus. We will see that God justifies people by faith, not works. However, true faith is verified by works. Lord willing, I will see you next Thursday for Through the Word. Until then, God bless.